So today, we're talking about faith. And I know, as soon as I say faith, it's like going to get a dry lecture about faith and what, no, 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 stop. It's taken me years to get here today to what we're going to talk about when you talk about what faith is. Because as soon as you start saying, oh, I want to talk about faith, everybody's got an idea of what they want you to believe. That was yesterday. I was I got our rock chip in our car, and I was talking. The guy that I was talking to just wanted to talk and talk and talk about why he had converted to Islam. He was Muslim, and he'd converted from being a Baptist. I said, oh, what does it mean to be a Baptist? You know what I didn't hear? What we're going to talk about this morning. Faith. What is it? And, and we're constantly pushed to say, I believe this and that and the other. I believe in all these things. But what does it mean for you that the center of our life is faith? It's an amazing, amazing thing for you and I to start thinking through. It's not what we do. It's not what we say. It's not how we are. It's what we believe. And a quote by Charles Spurgeon just as an intro. He said this, Faith is the channel of salvation, not the fountain or source of it. So it's not a matter of working for God, but believing Him for the work He's already accomplished. Faith is simply a conduit, a convicted heart reaching out to receive God's free and unmerited gift of salvation. So I want to talk today and and bring you from the Bible. It's going to be a little bit of a a whirl because we're not in one passage. We're going to hit a bunch of verses to show you the scope of what this particular important message is and then how it's lived. How then do we live it out, this faith that we have? So we're starting here with faith received. Faith received. So a, a couple of definitions. I don't know if you know this. Do you know there's seven different words in the Old Testament for faith, for trust? Seven different things that the Old Testament says, things like leaning on or clinging to or resting in or having confidence in. All amazing. When you get to the New Testament, how many words do you think there are? One. Just one. There's a noun form, pistos. There's a verb form, pisteo, but it's the same word. What you say is faith and sometimes translated as believe, or sometimes translated as trust, when you get to the verbal action of what it means to have faith. It's just one word. It's a central thing. Confidence in, leaning on, trusting, and, and, and believing. I, I, I like trust because I feel like faith makes it sound like it's some thing out there that you're doing, some substance that you're grabbing. It, it's not. It's trust right? Say, I trust. So, so what really becomes important is the content. What do you trust? And so you usually say, I trust in. I have faith in. But sometimes the Bible says the faith, and they mean the stuff, the content of the in. So what's your faith in? Very interesting, right? I know. We can make a few possibilities because we use this language. You could say something like this, you know, I trust in the government. (laughs) 
<laughs> what is it Ronald Reagan says? Like scariest words in the English language. I'm from the government. I'm here to help. <laughs> you could say that. You could say, I trust in the government. You could say, I, 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 I trust in uh, other things, right? I trust in the goodness of man. People are basically good. I, 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 I trust in the oaths taken by my spouse. I trust in the patience and kindness of other people. All of those, I kind of say, oof. This is why our trust lets us down, right? This is why there's things that are called broken trust. Luckily, we have some ones that make more sense, we say. So we do something like, I trust in the Bible. I trust in the existence of heaven and hell. I trust in God healing. That's all good stuff, right? Those are each of those. So what does that mean? Right? None of those actually have much to do at all with what I mean when we say the faith. Right? I, I'm still using it in a very non-specific way when I say I believe in the Bible. The Bible is full of information, full of true statements, propositional truths. And, and that's not my faith, though, right? Those are truths. I believe there's a God. And James says, well, it's good you believe there's a God. So do the demons. I learned there's a God from the Bible. That's not my faith. It's not yours either. Faith, in our sense, we mean it very narrow. We talk about faith and trust and belief, very specific. It needs to be specific. You got to know what it is that you call your trust. What is it you trust? In the sense we talk about our faith. Even the Apostles' Creed, you guys know the Apostles' Creed? I hope you know it. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Everyone should memorize it. If, boy, you're a family at home. You want to memorize a key aspect of what it means to be a Christian. You can memorize the Apostles' Creed. Let me read it to you. I believe in God, the Father, the Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. That's the first line. The next says, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate. He was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. And then there's a third line. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. That's the Apostles' Creed. It's one of the earliest statements that we have of us Christian faith. I love it. You see how it focuses on Jesus, and it says lots about Jesus and, and who he is. I, 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 can, I affirm that it's true, but, and, but people say, that's my faith. It's getting closer it's discreet, narrower listing of truth statements that we can affirm. But even that is not what I mean when I talk about my faith. And I, and, I, and I dare say, I hope it's not what you mean. I affirm it. I love it. I don't trust in Jesus being born of the Virgin Mary. If it turns out I was wrong and she was not a virgin, will my faith be rocked? 
Actually, no. It's not exactly what my, my faith is. I don't trust in the Holy Catholic Church. Oh boy, I don't trust in me. I affirm they're true. That's different. So we need faith. That, that's a noun. And, and we need trust. That's the same word as a verb. It's belief, but it's a specific belief in something we haven't quite, even with all I've just kind of done, grabbed yet. The Bible tells us. It, it proclaims it to us. It's the message. But you still have to get the faith. What is it? Well, I I suggest, and you you know where I'm going to go probably, that the faith is centered on the person that the true statements are made about. Right? And what that means. So so I know, I know, because I know the Bible definition. And even when I went around this week and asked people, hey, what's faith? And they said they would give me the Bible definition, which usually people give Hebrews 11.1. Faith is the... Assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I've learned that when I was a little kid. I still, to this day, struggle with exactly what it means. It means something cool. Hope, assurance. I don't see it. There's, there's good things there. But wh- what is it? So we need some verses to help with this. So, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to look at a few verses. Here's one. But to all who did receive him, John chapter 1 who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Okay, so I start here because because what we're doing is believing in his name. That's talking about the name of Jesus. There's something there. It's him. It's what he's done. We're talking, says in the beginning of John, about Jesus, that grace and truth came through Jesus. And, and, And of course, we think, hey, what it means is I trust in Jesus, who he is, what he's done. That's my trust right there. So the John 3.16 verse, right, that we know, we all know that one, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him, in him, there's my content piece, should not perish but have eternal life. So not, 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 I don't think controversial necessarily. It's just the, the radical sadness is that we dilute that out. All of a sudden, my faith is about uh, six-day creation. My faith is about pre-trib raptures. No, 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 it's not. It's about what the Bible says it is. Because the Bible's our trusted truth deliverer, proclaimer of what our faith, our trust is, which is in Christ, let's, let's, don't, let's not stop. How about John 5? John 5, um, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He doesn't come into judgment. He's passed, passed from death to life. I hear the word of Christ. I trust him. Oh, and him who sent him, the Father too. Right? Or, or this one, here's John 14. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe, there's that same trust word. It just means trust. Trust in God, trust also in me. 
It's not some far-off action. Our faith is trust in Jesus and what it means for us, and, and that just goes all the way through, right? It's affirmed everywhere. Here's Romans chapter 6. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe, we trust that we will also live with him. There's a faith statement. What is it? Our very life is tied up in our belief, our trust that we're going to live because of him, because of what he's done. It's about Jesus and what he's done. Notice it doesn't say if we died with Christ and if we do certain things, then we will eventually live with him. Or if we have lived faithfully ourselves or if we have done something like that, there's nothing about that whatsoever. It, it's, it says, hey, this is our core belief. It's about what Jesus has done, who he is, what he's done. I trust him. Or here's another one in 1 Thessalonians. Again, I'm just showing you it's all over. So, so for since we believe, we trust that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. So you see, if I, if, I, if I internalize the Apostles' Creed, which is beautiful and wonderful, and I say, yeah, that's my faith about Jesus because I'm trusting him, now you're getting to what our faith actually is. It has effect what Jesus has done so, so this, this is heading towards one trust, one faith, one belief, a belief in Jesus and what he represents for us, that he adores us, that he's faithful to us, that we lean on and depend on and am totally and completely trusting, not in ourselves, but in him. This is a huge and massive, this is where you go in the Bible, in the New Testament. The Old Testament pointing to him. The New Testament explicitly telling us this is what our trust is. It's in Jesus Christ, the one who died and rose again. It's not some propositional truth. It's actually understanding he did this because he adores us. He adores you. What do I mean? So we have come to know and to believe, trust, the love that God has for us. How do I know this love? That's what Jesus is about, right? He loved us so much, he came and became a weak human being, and he died on a cross, and the cross couldn't hold him, and he rose from the dead to declare to you, I adore you, and I have paid for you, and you are mine. This is our faith. This is what I trust. I know it's not about me because even in that same passage, we're in 1 John 4, and, and, and earlier he's already said that this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. <laughs> he, he saw the sin we did, and he said, well, what I'm going to do is tell him, clean up, guys. No. What he did do was send Jesus. Wow. For us. Or if you go to the next chapter, this is First John chapter 5. This is the testimony. This is what we are going to believe, that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have life. New life comes. How does that come? Trusting Jesus.
He's done it. We, we know this. It's just that it starts to dilute. We start to dilute it out and make it about us again. We, we have a tough time staying in this idea of trust. It's in other places too. This is a, a well-known verse. Because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, redemption. Beautiful. Do I, do I keep going there? No, it's okay. Because the verse just, just finishes, so that it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. But the idea is, is that I trust this, this Jesus and what I get, which is this stuff, and it's all from him. He does it all. I just trust him. I believe him. I faith him. Right? I, I, I have faith in him. All the same word, all the same idea. Or finally, 2 Corinthians, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. How, how am I the righteousness of God? By trusting in what Jesus did, because he does it all. This is our faith. So, so trusting in Jesus, it means trusting in his love for us. It's been proven on the cross. It is finished. He has done it all as a statement of our faith. His blood covers me. I am his forever. God loves me. Oh, there's my trust. Because of Jesus, I know it. There's nothing for me to do. I am forgiven. I'm adopted into his family. He prepares a place for me. I have eternal life. He died for me and it worked. I am and will forever be absolved. I am and will forever be pure. I am and forever will be holy. I am and forever am good. That's no, you're not. Oh, I trust I am. How can you trust that? Because my faith is in Jesus, not in me. Jesus did it. It is finished. He saved me and it worked. The trust doesn't make it so. The trust is in a particular person and work. That has been done. Is it true that it's been done? Yes. Do you trust it? Do you trust him? That's faith. Trust, belief in Jesus. We receive this. He's done it. That he's told us, and we hear it, and we trust it. But we, I, 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 I know we need a bit more. Because how does that impact us? How do we then live? You know, <laughs> we start, we start having little bombs that people throw at us. They want to exhort us to love and good deeds, which is great. But the effect of it often is is not that. It's doubt that we're really his. It comes usually along this. Faith works, you know. So, what have you done lately? Is that what James means in chapter 2? So, you, you have to take a tenth of the time right now to talk about faith lived. What does it mean that this is now our identified faith. It's in Jesus and what he has done in his body, and his, his action. It's amazing. It's all Jesus. The content of my faith is Christ and Christ alone. How do I live that out? So first you got to think your whole life is lived in this room. 
this room of trusting in the finished work of Jesus. He's done it all. That's our faith. So moving sort of from from the wonder of Jesus towards personal obedience is most of the time moving out of the room because I can't stop thinking about what I'm doing. I leave forgiveness and move towards improvement. That's why we talk a lot about it in, the, in this church because that's, that's our normal human tendency. We do it all the time and I'm convinced that that's our failing so often. So when you hear me talk about it, I'm not thinking you're not going to improve. I'm thinking that if I push you to improve, you stop thinking it's about this core faith and you start thinking it's about pleasing God. By how? By trusting Jesus? No, by reading my Bible. I want you to read your Bible. To learn more about the amazing Savior that you have. Not to start focusing on yourself. Right? So I believe what Paul speaks of when he talks about transformation. Transformation, which is amazing, is by what? In Romans chapter 12, it's about the transformation that comes from the renewing of your mind. We're going to look at it in Romans, but the renewing of your mind is the focus on Jesus Christ alone. My trust is in Jesus. I have new life in Jesus. Jesus does it all. That changes me. Of course it does. God loves you and he has you. This is your faith. And and, and so we live to faith and for faith. Faith is trusting in his faithfulness for me. Not an outcome here that I may or may not get, but in him. And and I just want to hit three areas here real real briefly because we don't have a ton of time, but three areas that, that might be helpful as you think about living out faith. We say, yeah, it's all about Jesus and all about what he's done, and this is what we stand on. And, and that's living it out, there's three areas. Here's the first one. The first is that faith in Christ begins to extend to how you trust him for what happens now. This is actually really important because honestly, for much of my life, kind of what happened was I, I, I went forward and, and, and repented and, and, and put my trust in Christ. And really the driving factor of it was I wanted to go to heaven. I did want to go to heaven and I still do. Don't get me wrong. Heaven's going to be fabulous and we're all going. If we trust Jesus, he's paid for it. He's prepared a place for us. But, but, then, but then I defaulted to like, oh, I got to try and keep everything together here. For the season that I'm alive. And it's come years to say, no, wait a minute. Trusting Jesus is trusting him for what happens today. Trust in him is that he's actually got it. Not to do what I want him to do, but to do what he wants to do because he's got me. This is huge, actually. Talk about it in the realm of fruit for a minute, because John 15, for example, says, I am the vine, you are the branches. In fact, I did, I think I did put this in. Whoever abides in me and I in him, it is he that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. See, I used to take this as, man, I gotta go make sure I go get abide. No, what's abiding? Trusting Jesus. If you trust Jesus, what's the promise to you? You will what? Bear much fruit. 
So what's my job then? I'm, I'm, I'm trusting that Jesus actually has me and the connection that I have is that he's going to bear much fruit in me. You know what? I don't even necessarily see the stuff. I just know I have it. How do I know? It's called a promise written down in the Bible that my trust is in Jesus. Not in my diary where I've written down the good things I did yesterday. They might not even be the fruit that God had for me. It's trust that's part of my faith that says my entire life is being used by the Spirit of God. It's incredible. So things like, you know, when you read Ephesians and you read Ephesians 2, and you're like, oh, by grace you've been saved with faith, and this not of yourself is the work of God. And then we have this next little line that says, the works that he has for me that he's prepared beforehand, and I go, uh-oh, what are those? i got to go get them done. No, no, you're still in the section that has no commands. It's meant to be an encouragement to you. That as you trust Jesus, he has you, not just for far off heaven, but for even the works that he's always prepared for your whole life, that he is getting you to the right spot, that you're going to do them. It's going to be fabulous we'll get to heaven and see the ways that new life worked out in us just because we know Jesus. You have no idea the cup of cold water you gave somebody, the random encounter at the gym, the, the, the time that the guy with the rock chip wanted to tell you about his Muslim faith, and you're saying, you know, it's just about forgiveness. I'm just talking. You don't know what it bears. You have no idea. Every touch, everything. Jesus is using. And, and so this is my, my faith, right? I've, I stopped going, oh, I, I have a list of things that are the fruit things that I got to make sure I go do. And you start doing, no, I'm living my life. Trusting Jesus. So this is really helpful that the, the pressure's kind of off, you know. Amazing things are said about people who trust Jesus. Uh, look, look at this one. This is a fun one. Who is it that overcomes except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Hey, wait a minute. That's what I believe. <laughs> How about you? Do you believe Jesus is the Son of God? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. This is my faith. I trust in Jesus. Then you do know you will overcome the world. Well, I don't know. I'm not, that's, that's, uh, I'm not sure I'm doing that yet. Yeah, I know. It's not really up to you. It's up to the one who you trust in. He's done it for you. This is our faith. This is what I believe. This is why, you know, when James says that faith works in James 2, well, of course it does. Because Jesus said we'll bear fruit and everything changes in our perspective and we, start, we stop going, it's about me. We stop going, oh, you know, James is really saying to that person in chapter two, he's saying, hey, you show me your works, that's fine, but I'm gonna show you my trust in Jesus. And it's gonna come out everything I do because I trust Jesus is doing that, you know. That's why living this out, right, is just holding on to your trust because trusting Jesus is trusting that his profession, his action of love is real. He's faithful even when we're not. We've received all of this because he said so. <laughs> Hold on to that. Be a few examples. Here's one. I'm sure of this, says Paul in Philippians, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. You do get this, right? Not saying, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will watch you to see if you bring it to completion. No. 
He will do it because he has said so and he is faithful and that is my trust. I don't trust you. I don't trust you to climb up the stairs. I certainly don't trust you to get like complete your salvation. You shouldn't trust me either. I'm a punk, man. You put a big sign saying, please don't jump off the cliff and watch me jump. I do that to you guys all the time. Don't sin, don't sin, don't sin. Sin. And then you know what happens? I jump after you. What do I trust? Jesus Christ for me. What's another way to say that? I trust in forgiveness of sin because he forgives. It's his action to forgive me. You're absolved. You're forgiven. Will you hear it? I don't care what you've done. You're forgiven. Why? Because there's this guy who was God and he became man and he died on a cross and he rose from the dead and he says, I've got you. Trust me. That's what he's saying. 1 Thessalonians 5, you may not be as familiar with this one. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, who's doing that? Hint, not you. These are all things done to you, right? May God do it. May your whole spirit be kept by yourself. No, by him. How do I know that's true? Because it doesn't end quite yet. There's one more little line. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Can you get any clearer that you're not doing it? Then the Bible actually saying to you, he does it. Say, how does this change? It changes how I think about people who are caught in sin. That, oh man, what I want them to hear is the forgiveness of Christ. Not clean it up and maybe Jesus will love you. Not, oh, if you profess Christ, you better get it together. No, what you really need to do is find your way back to trusting that he paid and died for your sin. Oh, if I'm going to be clean, it's because I trust Jesus Christ has made me clean. That, that, that's it, right? So that's the first thing. Really sort of faith lived out is continuing to trust that Jesus is alive. He loves us. He's done it all for us, period. He died for me and it worked. I am his right now and always. So I trust him. As these things come and they go up and down and circumstances happen and it doesn't seem like he's working and my life kind of seems messed up and, 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 and boy, things are falling apart and then coming back together and I'm on this up and down ride. It's not this climb, you know. It's an up and down ride, but all the way through, God's at work in you enemy. New life is coming. It's already started because he's got me. Okay, that's the first thing. Really briefly, the second thing. Here's the second thing. It is, is the law can't help our faith. I'll say that again. The law cannot help our faith. And notice I haven't talked about a lot about law as a response to faith. That's because it's not. Being a great law keeper Conquering personal sin, defining obedience, not as trust, but as moral attainment. You know, it doesn't fly. How do I know? How can you say that, Dax? It's like, it's really good, huh? I just made a bunch of noise. It's a good argument. No, that's a terrible argument. Here's the argument. The law is not of faith, says Paul in Galatians. The law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Let me, let me 
make sure, understand, we don't live by the law, we live by faith, and that's opposed in the sense that the law is for the flesh, but we live by the Spirit. The Spirit is about faith. Doesn't mean we're anti-law. No, no, no. It is fantastic to restrain us, to crush our hopes of self-righteousness, to get us to the cross, but it has no place in faith. Faith is particular. It is trust in Jesus and his finished work for us. So your sin may be huge, but you are forgiven. You are not slowly needing less and less forgiveness. No, he is faithful your whole life and into eternity to do what he has promised. So let me quote another Pastor, the law is an intermediary between the creator and the fallen creature. But when Christ comes, the Holy Spirit removes the law and gives faith, which clings to Christ and the external word, one and the same as embodied by the words, I forgive you. I baptize you. My body broken for you. My blood covering for you. See, these things that we proclaim and we participate in when we get baptized, when we take communion, when we hear the proclaimed word of Jesus Christ and the gospel, the good news for you, this is what we're doing. We're pushing at you what faith is. Let me put it with the Bible verse. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by trust in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Not by the law, by faith. Trusting Jesus for me. Okay, so that's the third, second thing. Oh, and then briefly the third thing. Holding on to this perspective, you know, is really hard. Holding on to everything being faith, and faith being narrowly defined as what Jesus Christ, who he is and what he's done, is super hard, and we fall out a lot. It's no, no surprise Jesus talks about, do you have the faith of a mustard seed, you know, the tiny little grain? And that's why Paul, when he writes about striving and running, he's talking about living his life, holding on to this faith, the truth, right, that it's finished, that Jesus paid it all and it worked, that we're loved right now, that, that, that when we don't attain some higher righteousness, we need each other to keep speaking these words because, because it's a tough road. We don't even see what's going on right now. We're such ignorant children. We have to receive and trust Jesus, but, but, that's, but that's what it is, right? That, that's, for example, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Sights all the time in my face. I see people work hard to get ahead. I see how the world works. I see all these things. And they push against my faith. But I walk by faith, which is what? Jesus Christ and what he is and what he's done for me, for you. It's hard. I mean, Paul says this leading in, right, to how he struggles. He's going to talk about, I'm struggling, I'm striving. And he so he says this. He says, I want to be found in him. This is what I'm struggling about. And not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. His work for me. And I struggle. 
because I constantly come back to my own self-righteousness. I constantly see it. It, it, it. It's really hard. I want to think that my righteousness, ah, forget mine, that the righteousness of God is revealed in my victorious living. But it's not true. The gospel is totally different. In the gospel, Romans says that the, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith because the righteous shall live by faith. Faith, 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 faith. So Paul ends his life, you know, what he's almost relieved. What he writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. These are sort of like parallel thoughts. I fought the good fight. Okay, I've finished the race. Okay, I've kept the faith. Held on to Jesus. It's my only hope. Faith received, super specific today. Eyes open for the love of Jesus for you. He's done everything for you. His body, his blood, his death, his life, his actions, his agency. God became man and communicated forgiveness and freedom and life to you. Trust him. And thus, life is just living in the light of what's been revealed in the scriptures. And our faith is trusting the person. Run the race. Here again the news. Christ for you. Welcome to faith. And, and so we'll, we'll, we'll end here with Jude. One of the last books of the Bible. And he says, keep yourselves in the love of God. Waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. That leads to eternal life. He's so mad at these false teachers that want to go another way. And he ends with this, hey, focus in. What you want to do is keep yourselves in the love of God, which is how do I do that? I trust the love of God revealed. His name is Jesus Christ. He died on a cross for you. He covers all your sins. It's only about do you trust him for you and all the things that go up and down. You don't know. I think, I, I, I think, oh, the mercy of God is coming. I think of John the Baptist this morning. Remember John the Baptist in the Jordan and he's, and he's baptizing people, a, a baptism of repentance, they're in obedience and they're saying, oh, I mean, his arms are getting tired. He's baptizing so many people and he's sitting there getting them dunked and he's getting them dunked and he's getting them dunked and, 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 then, and then he's saying, oh, the next one that comes is actually Jesus. And when Jesus comes, the skies open up in a blaze of light, the dove comes down. This voice calls out, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He hasn't done anything yet. But the testimony for those who are tired with the doing is like, oh, wait a minute. It's all about God's, the Father's incredible love of who? Well, of me, but through the Son. I invite you to be in the Son today. That our faith is about Jesus Christ for us forever. That we are forgiven and clean and holy and pure and true. And we have life in front of us if we will hold on together to the forgiveness that you and I have in Christ. That's faith. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the amazing message of your word. Thank you that Jesus shows us better than anything ever could 
who you are for us. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your patience and mercy. Thank you that it pours out over us, us humbled people who keep trying to be our own little gods. Forgive us, Lord. And we trust in your son this morning. Please give us faith. In your name, amen.